Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. The Jets are playing for first place. The Raiders lose to Jeff Saturday. And the Warriors can't seem to win on the road. But we begin today's show with baseball. Awards were handed out this week for MVP, Manager of the Year, Cy Young. And... You know, among one of the controversial ones was the American League MVP award, which went to Aaron Judge. Z, do you have any issue with the Yankees slugger winning the American League MVP award this year? Now, of the three, right, it was a a distant third for Jordan Alvarez of the Astros, who... You know, but should have been. But should have been though. Should he have really been a distant third? His team came in first. They actually wound up winning the championship. He was arguably the best hitter on their team. But the way it goes is that the second place votes have the weighting. You know, the way the the way it goes now is that you have your thirty first place votes and they have a significant weight. And then the second place and third place votes, they're not going to get you as much. And even though Alvarez had a great year, he did not get the necessary first place votes to get even close. He didn't even sniff the conversation, you know? You're looking at, and, and even Otani, compared to Aaron Judge, Judge gets 20 out of 30 first place votes, 410 voting points in total. Otani gets two first place votes from LA and LA. So LA and Anaheim and 280 points. So this was a, this was not a close race. So I think that it's more than reasonable that Aaron Judge earned the MVP based on the season that he had. He had a record-setting season for an American League slugger. No one in American League history has ever hit more home runs than he has. And it's not like he was, like, hitting 220 with the 63, 62 home runs. He hit 311. He drove in 131 RBIs. He scored 133 runs. He had a slugging of 686. He had a 111 OPS. He had, if you believe in war, he had an almost 11 war. Aaron Judge is more than deserving. Now, what I find interesting is that so many people, particularly at the worldwide leader, lined up to slurp Shohei Otani. Yes two-way player, I understand. That's what the Cy Young is for. Like He was a better pitcher than he was a position player this year. 
He was a better position player than he was a designated hitter. If you look at the numbers, just look at the numbers. 273, 34, 95. Not even close to judge and any statistic. Not even close. He had a better OPS. Actually, no, he had a worse OPS. He had an 875 OPS. So, across the board, offense to offense, Aaron Judge had Shohei Otani beat this year. So you're now, saying only, if you had you're saying if you had the vote, that's who you would have voted for. I would have voted for Aaron Judge. I absolutely would. He I, he's more than a deserving candidate. I, I absolutely believe so. Now I get I get it I get it. Shohei Otani's a unicorn. He's a pitcher as well as a hitter. He's a he's the Japanese Babe Ruth. I understand all that, but Aaron Judge had far and away a better season. So, I, I I mean the whole thing is it, it's but but what you're identifying to me is you're identifying the guy who had the best season. Mm-hmm. He was the best player, but that's not what this award is. This isn't the best player award. It's the most valuable player award. I can't disagree with you more. Now, if you want to look at it, right? You want to talk about numbers. Aaron Judge's WAR was ten six. Mm-hmm. 10.6. Yes. Sho- Shohei Otani's war was 9.6. One point is the difference between the two. But one guy bats and pitches, and the other guy just bats. I mean, listen. If you switch them up, right? If you put Aaron Judge on the Angels, do you think they win or lose any more games? I actually think they would probably lose more games because they wouldn't have Otani pitching games for them. If you put Otani on the Yankees, you're gonna you're gonna tell me definitively that they don't win more games. Yeah. Because now Otani takes Tyone's spot, I would imagine. You're gonna tell me they're not gonna win just as many or more games. Yes. He's hitting. He okay. He doesn't hit 62 bombs, but he hits 34 bombs. That's not bad. It's not enough. It wasn't enough. The definition, my definition of valuable. You take Aaron Judge off of the Yankees this year. These Yankees. They still make the playoffs. No, they do not. Come on. Come on, man. No, it's not true. Listen, all I'm going to say, all this is what I'm going to say, and this is what I'm standing by, is that it's not the best player award. We get into this issue with the NBA, NBA all the time. Aaron Judge had a terrific season, all-time season, probably one of the best seasons in Major League Baseball history. He was the best player last year. That's not what this award is for. This award is supposed to be going to the most valuable player. There is no player more valuable than Shohei Otani because he pitches and he hits. And, And he's top five in both of those positions. He was a top five pitcher. He was a top five hitter. Now I get it. If his ERA was seven, if he was batting 220, nah, then okay, yeah, sure. He was the best hitter and the best pitcher on his team. There is nobody who affected the game more than Shohei Otani this past season. And if you want to go a step further, Judge sucked it up the last six weeks of the season too. Otani stood strong throughout the whole time. I'm not, I'm not trying to... Listen, if I had to vote, I would have voted for Otani. Because what he is doing can't be replicated. 
There's no other player that can do. He's the most valuable player in professional baseball. So your argument is the LeBron argument. LeBron can win MVP every, every year. year. Every year. He should win every year. Well, the last, no, except for last year, but before that, yeah, <laughs> every year. He's the best player. My thing he, is this. I'm going to, I'm just going to go with this. Yeah, phenomenal talent. Shohei Otani's phenomenal talent. 73 and 89. That's all I'm going to say. 73 and 89. He's such a phenomenal talent that they were that far under 500. They were that far. They were 33 games back. But what do you Astros. want? But what do you but see? What do you want him to do? He hit 34 bombs. He he was lights out as a pitcher. What what else could he fucking do? What do you want him to do? What does he have I, to do? Z, what does he have to do? To do what Aaron Judge did. You want him to hit 62 home runs and have a sub three ERA. That and then he could win the award. Then it's okay. The New York Yankees were hot garbage outside of Aaron Judge this year. We watched them. We saw it. Aaron Judge single-handedly carried that team consistently throughout the year. Did he fall down at the end of the year? Yes, he did. But he did enough during the, the entirety of the season I, to warrant I, the award. Listen, I go back to the idea that if you switch them, if you put Otani on the Yankees, the Yankees are still just as good. The Yankees still make the playoffs. They still get knocked out in the American League Championship Series. You put Judge on the Angels, it's not changing much. They're probably going to lose more games because they don't have Otani to win them games. How is that? Shohei Otani was third in strikeouts as a pitcher. Third Come in on. And third in the American League West. Come on. The game Come on. But I don't know what. He was fourth in ERA. He had a 2 3 3 Z. That's what the Cy Young is for. He's not a bum. He's not a bum. He's not a bum, but look at the record. Look at the record. That's all you need to so, know. So he has to be – so he has to lead the league in ERA, lead the league in strikeouts, and lead the league in home runs, and then he can get the MVP. But all Judge has to do is lead the league in home runs and come close in uh, uh, average, and that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely, that's fine. It's smoking it's smoke mirrors, dude. It's just like he – I'm not. I'm trying to say he, like I said, he was the best player, no doubt about it. Best season, all-time season. It it doesn't it doesn't measure up to what Otani brings to the table for the for the, the Angels of Anaheim. But it does not matter. It does not matter. Clearly, this, this clearly. Is the issue. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez won an MVP on a last place fucking team. They can okay. win with him. They can win without him. It's the same thing with Shohei. Look at Otani. Trout. Yeah, look at Trout. Look at all the years Trout won. They never were. They never were any good. They were never Excuse any me. Good. And Trout had forty bombs this year. I didn't even know he had forty bombs. He did. That's surprising to me. I thought he, he, had, he might. Have, I yeah. thought he had forty hits for the season. No, he had. He He came in second place in the American League in home runs with forty bombs. That's how surprising. crazy is that? Isn't that That's wild? Surprising. I and your and your boy and your boy Jordan Alvarez was was third with thirty seven. I find it very. I if you see, if you told me Trout and forty, I would said he played forty games this year. You know, with his uh, with his calves. Before we before we move on to the next topic, would you if you if you had Aaron Judge on your team, would you trade him straight up for Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts is a different kind of player. Like if I'm the New York Yankees, I would seriously consider that. Right. But. 
I would. I would seriously consider right, it. Right, absolutely. But ultimately, I don't know. I, I think that the Yankees, I, I think they'd be better off sticking with Aaron Judge and then bringing in Trey Turner. Like the rumor says, the rumor is Where's that. Where's Trey Turner going to play? He can play center, he can play short, he can play second. But he can do all three of those and play very well. And he I think Turner's you... going to the O's. Oh, my God. That's a waste if I ever heard one. I mean... What are you talking about? The O's are ready, man. They're ready no, to no, pop. No. That's happening. No, no, They're no. ready. The O's are ready, man. Are you kidding? And if I'm telling you right now, if the Yankees don't get Verlander, Toronto's getting Verlander. No doubt in my mind, Toronto's going to be like 30 mil one year. Sure. Come on up. Come on up. The Yankees need to do some work because if they lose this judge sweepstakes, they're in a lot of trouble. Well, what are your thoughts on this collusion, too? There's that investigation that there's like a gentleman's agreement based on mutual respect that the Mets will not go after Aaron Judge. I, because... think, I think the Major League Baseball needs to investigate it big time. Big time. That's horseshit. I don't hear any of that. I don't, I don't buy it. I personally don't buy it. I think it's... I, I personally think it's a bunch of malarkey. I, I, you're telling <laughs> it's malarkey. Me, it's full out, full on malarkey. All and, right, Joe B. Yeah, you're telling me that if Aaron Judge went to the Mets and said, "Give me seven years, three hundred eighty million dollars, and I'll come play for you," the Mets would be like, "No, we we we, we mutually respect the Yankees, and we're not bullshit, bullshit." They're, they will put the contract in front of him so fast your head would spin. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I think he's headed out west, though. I mean, from everything he's talking, this, the things he's saying, you know, it's sounding like he's he doesn't feel like the Yankees are all in on him and the Yankees the, can't build a contender with him. And he might yeah. he might be right. He I might. Think, the uh, Giants are shedding payroll right now. They just cut Evan Longoria loose. The G- Giants so. want him. The Giants want him, and they'll figure out everything else after that. The only problem is... Is like the Giants. The Giants are committed to him, but are the Giants committed to win? And he wants to win, and he feels like the Yankees are committed to win, but they're not committed to paying him. I mean, that's what I'm. That's the vibes I'm feeling from the things that I'm reading. I'm also um, not convinced so that the Yankees are really committed to winning. Let's let's be real here. If they're not the way they, they used to be, not no, the way they used to absolutely be. not. They would have bought Scherzer. They would have bought Verlander, and you would have had Cole Scherzer and Verlander one, two, three in that rotation last year. If if George Steinbrenner was still alive, yeah, they absolutely. missed on Verlander, man. I mean, that was that to me was a no brainer. I don't know how that I don't know how that even happened. They also would have gotten gotten Soto. Uh, I think George would have traded everything for Soto. George George was the original fuck them picks guy. I don't yeah. I don't give a shit about these <laughs> picks. I don't I don't even know who these guys are. I don't care. But that's I guess that to me that's the Yankees fallback, right? It's like if if they don't get Judge, they'll get Soto. And yeah. to me, he's the better play. He's the younger guy. He offers a lot more. He's already a champion. Like. And he'll be very welcomed in the Bronx. So oh, no, yeah. I, I mean, also, you have Volpe, right? And the Yankees are high on this. They're, just putting they a really lot in, they're, they're putting a lot into Volpe and Dominguez. Yeah. I can't remember the last time they put this much stock into a farm person. It kind of reminds me of the the Jabba Chamberlain and uh, Phil Hughes and, and that disaster, what that Generation was. Trey. They, yes, none Generation Trey. I think they Trey. all got one. I think they won one. 
right? I think Phil Hughes yeah. got one. But... All well, the only Jabba was on that team, and Hughes was on that team. Ian Kennedy, Kennedy was gone. Was gone. Kennedy him. was gone by then because they got Granderson in that trip. But he became an ace when he went to I think Arizona. He, it worked yeah. out well. He didn't win a championship, but it worked out well for him. He became a good closer. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. You know what's going to be in demand? Tickets for Pat Jets. Now that both teams are coming out of the bye... Both teams are above 500, and the Jets are out for blood, right? The Jets want to have this game so badly. They're coming off an impressive win against the Bills, but history is not on their side. Or at least recent history isn't. They've lost 13 straight games to New England. If the Jets lose, are we giving them a pass? That's what it seems like everyone's building it up for on the, on the radio. And that's what it seems like they're building it up for the media. You know, and I think that's that's taking the easy way out. Like, they should win this game. They should have won the first game. Zach Wilson threw for 355 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, and they lost by five. Four minutes left in the game, it was 22-17, to 17, and everybody was leaving the stadium. It's like, what? What is going on here? Um, but it goes back to what Bill Belichick does, right? He's gonna he's gonna make you he's gonna make you do what you're not good at. They had only 51 yards rushing in that game. That's not gonna work. Um, so in my so let me let me give you something. Rookie rookie quarterbacks and second year quarterbacks have gone into New England and played 47 games. How many wins do you think they have in 47 games? Two. <laughs> that was my guess. That was How my many? guess. It's actually four. They're oh. four. They're four and 43. So close. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna. I have. This could be ugly. You know, both teams have had two weeks to prepare for this game. That's a that's bad news for Salah and company. This could be like the 45 to three game where they have to bury the football. And they go back to they go back to New York. Um, I think he's gonna challenge Zach. He's gonna make Zach beat him. And these and if he's able to beat him, which he should be, he should be grown up and be able to do it. Good for him. If not, it could be a long, long day. Well, it's a long day on both sides, too, because Mac Jones is not exactly lighting the world on fire either. So, But that's not their game, right? That's not, But that's not their game, right? That's that's not how the Patriots are designed. We're not, we're not designed where we've got, like, a top five quarterback and we're going to throw the ball 30 times. Like, they're a very, like, balanced team. We're going to... We're going to beat you the way we can beat you. We're not going to be right. forced to do anything. But you're referencing the 45-3 to the forty-five to three game that was off turnovers, and that was having Tom Brady. Like Tom, <laughs> yeah. Mac, Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. Wait, and Danny, and Danny Woodhead. 
Danny Woodhead. That was a who Danny got cut Woodhead from the Patriots. Who got yeah. cut from the Jets and signed yeah. with the Patriots. Yeah. Do you think he had something to prove? Do you oh, think Danny Woodhead had a little extra motivation? But but, if you... but to, to, to the Jets' credit, they lost 45-3 to in that game. But they did go into Foxborough and beat them in the playoffs. Yeah. So they did get their revenge that same year. They absolutely did. And you know what? This this Jet team and this Patriot team, they're not that far removed. If you're talking about rushing, you're talking about the running game, right? The Pats are 17th in the league. The Jets are 18th in the league. It's literally 1.2 yards per game. Yeah, but Z, which, yeah but Z, which running backs would you rather have? I mean, I'd rather have the Patriots running backs, man. Lamont Stevenson is a beast, man. Ramondre Stevenson is a beast. He is a good running back. He's he is And I don't know if Harris is gonna play in this game, but Harris is really good too. Like Michael Carter's a little dude. Like they don't have Brees Hall. If they had Bryce Hall, then it'd be different. But they don't have him. They got Michael Carter, and I can't even tell you who the other quarter running back's name is. James Robinson. Ty Ty Johnson? Oh, James Robinson and Ty Johnson. James Robinson. Right. So Robinson, he's the guy. He's going to pound the rock. That's what he does. Like, Michael Carter is going to be like that that scat back, trying to get into the holes, basically like Darren Sproles. You use him like Darren Sproles, and it will be effective against the, the New England Patriots. Now... The one thing that the Jets have is depth on their defensive line, like, provided that John Franklin Myers doesn't take any stupid penalties. But I can't guarantee that John Franklin Myers isn't going to take any stupid penalties. Quentin Williams, Vinnie Curry, John Franklin Myers, that's just three guys, right? And then the linebacking core, you have CJ, they get after the quarterback. Like, they will pressure Mac Jones in the same way that Belichick will send Matthew Judon to pressure Zach Wilson and force him into making mistakes. This is a very even and a very balanced game. And honestly, I, I the Jets are not, it's not a homecoming game. They're not vastly superior to the Patriots. The Patriots are not vastly superior to them. So if you lose, if the Patriots lose to the Jets or the Jets lose to the Patriots, you lost to an even, it was an even fight. It's an even matchup. Now, the only difference is that you have Bill Belichick on one side and you have Robert Sala on the other side. Bill Belichick, he has done, you know, he's been there, done that, gotten the the t-shirt. Robert Sala does not have the experience as a head coach that Bill Belichick has. But what Sala has been able to do in a very short time is commendable. The the crazy thing about this weekend, because you have the Bills game, you have the first place Dolphins, you have the Pats. If the Bills win and the Jets lose, the Jets will be in last place with a six and four record. Like they'll be, you know, six and four will be last place team. That's insane how deep the AFC East is. And, you know, this this used to be a joke. It used to be the Patriots and three other three other teams. But the Jets have, and credit to Joe Douglas, and credit to Robert Sala, they are making strides. We'll see what Zach will do. I just think, I, think I mean, listen, I just think it's early to say something like that. I mean, they, you realize that they have to, they have to, 
go to Buffalo. They have to go to Minnesota. They have some tough games coming up. It's like, Z, if they lose their next five games, are you going to still say they're making strides? Compared to last year? Yeah. You you have to you have to credit improvement where there is improvement. And there is a major improvement. This team was dead in the fucking water last year. Like it was it was horrendous. And now you actually have an energized fan base. You have players on this roster. You have a solid defense. Actually, I think the defense was number one in the league at one point. So you have guys, you have players. Uh, you're trending in the right direction. The question is, do you have the quarterback? Do you have the horse at that position? We're going to find out. What do you and think? if you don't find out, they'll get rid of him. And now they're not. They're not going to get rid of him. What do you think? You think they got the guy? I don't think they have the guy. I didn't think <laughs> they have the guy in the draft. Like, go back to when, go back to our draft episode from, from that draft class. We both had Mac Jones to the Jets at number two. Like, yeah. we both thought Mac Jones was going to go to the Jets. And I don't, the, Mac Jones would be a steady influence on this roster. And I think he would be, he wouldn't be as dynamic as Zach Wilson is, or the potential for being dynamic as Zach Wilson is. But Mac Jones can play quarterback. So I mean look at I mean look at like look at it like this. I mean Baker Mayfield, right? He was taken number one. Mm-hmm. His first year was rough, right? Mm-hmm. But his second year, he played really well. I think well enough to the point where they got to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure that's the year they lost to Kansas City and he got hurt in that game. Do you look at Zach Wilson his second year and say, Oh man, he's playing like Deshaun Watson. Oh man, he's playing like Baker Mayfield. Oh man, he's playing like Mac Jones. Like, is there like if you look at Zach Wilson play, like who could you possibly compare him to? Doug Flutie? No, Baker. I would say Baker's a, a fair comparison. Wow. Yeah, I would, Baker Mayfield no no great shape. So even back then, even as a number one pick, who was he going up against? Right, you were going up against Sam Darnold. Was the other? He was the the second quarterback taken in that draft. Right? We didn't know about Mahomes. We didn't know about Lamar Jackson the way we know about them now. Like, they were risks. They were considered reaches. Kansas City traded up to take Mahomes, and people were kind of like head scratching. I'm just saying, you look at the player, you look at the plays he makes, and you look at the collection of talent. And to me, it's just, it just doesn't add up. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB, to Dutch Apple, to Campfire S'mores, and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. 
give him a call, 845-641-3043, and tell him DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Speaking of not adding up, <laughs> well, we'll jump the gun a little bit. Let's talk a little about the Raiders. Oh, God. Raiders, the Raiders lost again on Sunday, dropping their record to 2-7 and seven on the season. They lost a Saturday on a Sunday. What the fuck? <laughs> After the game, Derek Carr was very emotional, probably realizing this will be his last year waiting, wearing a Raider uniform. I think we all had high hopes for the AFC West this year, and some of the football is just unwatchable. Is the AFC West the most disappointing division in football? a good question that's a very good question i would have to say no i i I would argue that the nfc west is worse off you have the defending super bowl champions and they look shot you had a young promising team in the arizona cardinals and they look shot the seattle seahawks bubbled up and they're in first place Seattle Seahawks that we had written off for dead when they traded Russell Wilson and decided that Geno Smith won the quarterback battle, right? We're laughing at the Seattle Seahawks, and lo and behold, who's laughing now? Geno and Coach You like that? You like that? You like that? You like that? Geno loves that. But I have to argue, I would have to argue that they are the most disappointing. And you know what? Throw in the AFC South. What Your boys, the Colts, what happened there? Like, complete free fall. But that was a trash division. Down. Like, that was a trash division. Like, we didn't expect the Jags the Tex- were supposed to be better. We didn't, expect the Texans to, yeah, we didn't expect the Texans to do much. Like, yeah, the Jags were supposed to be better, but we weren't expecting any noise from them. You know what I mean? And and Tennessee traded away their best receivers. So, I mean, how good could they possibly be? As long as King Henry's there. As long as King Henry's there, they're absolutely the dominant force. But it was supposed to be Henry versus Taylor, right? It was supposed to be like the throwback to a bygone era. And the Colts just completely fell apart. So like, you have to take into account that that division is pretty trash. And the NFC, the NFC West definitely <laughs> took, it's just, oh my God. But the AFC West, as long as the Chiefs are there, you know, you have the Chiefs, you have the Chargers who are kind of like laying in the weeds. And, you know, Brandon Staley, he's not doing himself any favors. That's for damn sure. But, you know, it, they're at least competitive. The Raiders are a joke this year. The Broncos are a joke this year. Both Western division, both Western divisions, regardless of conference, they're going in the trash bin this year, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can agree with you. Like the West is pretty disappointing as well, but I mean, the Raiders are just god awful. The Broncos are just unwatchable. And the Chargers are so disappointing with all their injuries. I mean, the Raiders are already discussing, you know, C.J. Stroud. You know, if they are if they're able to get a top five pick or a top ten pick, which it looks like that's what's gonna happen. I mean, you look at the Raiders and they changed everything over the last eight years, and the one constant has been Derek Carr, and he's just not the guy. You had Rich Gannon come out today and saying that, you know, Carr needs to step up, and it's just like he's playing the best he can. This is just as good as he is, and this is just as good as he always has been. I think he had two years out of his eight years there where he was a pro bowler 
And people laugh at me when I say, yo, if Derek Carr got cut tomorrow, nobody's picking up Derek Carr. I really, truly believe that. Like, I don't I don't think there's a market for him. I don't think there's a market for his style of play. He has weapons. He's got Devontae Adams. He's got Jacobs. He's got a decent line. And he had a great tight end. Like, he's had it. And he can't win. They can't close games. They can't hold leads. Yeah, I know. I, I have two of their players on my fantasy team. And literally, I don't start picking up points until the third quarter. They're usually getting blown out in the first half. Um, it's just time. You know, it's just, it's just, that's just my opinion. It's just time. It's time. Other teams will pull the trigger on him. He's in to his To be their starter? Third. To be their starter, though? No. Sure. Who's he started for? The Giants? I, okay. We'll, we'll play this game. Uh, Giants? Absolutely. The Texans, absolutely. The no Lions, way, no absolutely. way. Davis Mills, Davis Mills is a is a fine quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. No way, no way. <laughs> the Lions, absolutely. No way. Goff has been to a Super Bowl. Goff has won playoff games. This dude can't even win a play. He can't even beat a first time coach. Guy's never blown a whistle in his life, and he can't beat him. The rest of the team is there too. <laughs> you do realize that, right? It's not Derek Carr against the entire. But Z Jacobs, Colts. Jacobs is fourth in the league in rushing yards. My man's number four. He's four in the league in rushing yards. Devontae Adams leads the league in receiving touchdowns. Tell me about the defense. What do Just I gotta tell me. you? What do I gotta tell you? They yeah. got you gotta you gotta score more points than the other team. That's your job as the quarterback. As a defense, you have to keep them off the board. But they're averaging like, I don't know, I think they're averaging like 20 points a game or 25 points a game. Like, come on, man. You can't score more than that. You can't score more than that against the Colts who don't have their best. They don't have a head coach, and they don't even have their best defensive player. Right. And, and, and um, forget his name, the linebacker. In uh, Shaq Shaquille, Leonard. Yeah, yeah, Shaq Leonard. Like, come now, on, yeah, man. No, I, 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 Derek Carr deserves a share of the blame. It is not solely on him. No, yes, no. Yes, you are You are scoring 22.6 points per game. You're giving up 25. So even if you round up to 23, 25 is still greater than 23. But see, but see, he's been the one constant over eight years. They've had different coaches. They've had different defensive players. They've had different offensive players. They've had different running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. You name it. The only constant in Vegas and Oakland over the last eight years has been Derek Carr. At what point do we put it on Derek Carr? You can put a fair share of it on Derek Carr. You can't put it all on Derek Carr is what I'm saying to you. Yes, if, Tom, if, Tom, if Tom Brady loses on Sunday, is it Tom Brady's fault? Quarterback will always get okay. the lie. It will get okay. the disproportionate amount of praise. Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers lost last night. Who are we blaming for the loss? Who stood up at the podium and said, it's my fault. i got to make better passes. That's fine. But in some instances, it's not the quarterback's fault. Like, I think we can admit that sometimes the quarterback gets beat. 
Sometimes, and you're still, yeah. Like you're saying, Derek Carr is just not good enough going up against the quarterback. <laughs> Sometimes the quarterback shits the bed. Sometimes the defense gives up 25 points. Yes. See, sometimes, yes. Eight years isn't sometimes. <laughs> so run through it. Run through it. How many different coaches has he had? How many different coordinators has he had? Who's really the constant here? It's not just Derek Carr. It's Mark Davis. It is a dysfunctional organization. This organization sees more coaches than a turnstile in a New York City subway station. It just keeps going, man. They just keep going. And it does not matter. It does not matter. Because Mark Davis, and before that, his late father, Al Davis, they were the constant. And they loved this shit. They loved doing this stuff. They were the Steinbrenners of football. The only difference was Steinbrenner won. That's it. They haven't been to the playoffs since 02. And the last, until last year, before that, it was 20 years. And it's just, it's just ineptitude after ineptitude after ineptitude. Look at the 2019 draft class. Good job, Mayock. They all got cut. And one, one of them's in jail. Like, come on, man. You can't put up, you can't put that on Derek Carr. You can't do that. It's unfair. It's disingenuous. Like, yes, he is, he's a, he's a middle of the road quarterback. He's a very middle of the road quarterback. But guess what? They, they would still, there would still be teams that would take a flyer on him. Absolutely, they absolutely that's would. Just, be. That's just because we live in America. But, but look, he got he almost outplayed. Actually, if you look at the numbers, with the exception of what an extra sack, he was even with Matt with Matt Ryan on Sunday. He was, he was pretty much spot on dead even. Like, he did his part. He did what he could do. But that's inexcusable. Losing to a guy who is a high school football coach and a talking head on ESPN in his first ever head coaching game in the pros with a guy who, as his offensive coordinator, who just started shaving. Like, he, he was like 30. Like, I think he just got his driver's license. Good for you. We'll celebrate. We'll go to Dairy Queen. And this is what happened. Like, that's not all on Derek Carr. I'm sorry. You just, you can't do that. Like, he is... So you're saying the Raiders, a, a, the Raiders should bring him back? He's a symptom. He's not the problem. So the Raiders should bring... The Raiders have their quarterback. They should bring him back. The Raiders aren't going to bring him back. I'm asking you because he makes too though, much money. I'm just he's asking you. Money. He's he. You're you're the GM and the yeah, Raiders. Absolutely, because what, you're bringing, what are my you're bringing Derek Carr back. What's what your options? options? Your what options are, options? are your options are. It's like in eight years we haven't won a playoff game. I think it's time to get a new quarterback. That's what are my options? options? No. Well, you, what are my options? I'm not going to be ba- I'm not going to be bad enough to get one of these quarterbacks. I sure you are. Up. No, oh. you're not. You're gonna be fine. You can get Stroud. Stroud's not going Texans top ten. Exist. The Houston the, Texans exist. They're, they only have one win. The Texans I'm are gonna. The Texans are gonna take the kid from Alabama, man. Well, I mean, we'll see about that. We'll definitely. See. I don't know. I don't think that. I think the Raiders are gonna actually luck into wins because that's what they do. Though so the Raiders are not bad enough 
to completely bottom out. I don't that's see it. Pro- but that's been the problem for 20 years. They haven't been so atrocious. And when, the one time they were atrocious, they drafted Jamarcus Russell. So I still don't really trust their talent evaluation. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Moving over to basketball. Speaking no, of, no, uh, no. You, oh, about that's the... right. That's football. That's right. There's one more football story. That's yeah. right. The Bills and the Browns. We're all out of order here. I'm out of sorts. The Bills and the Browns. Six feet of snow in Buffalo. Six feet. Feet. 12 times 6, ladies and gentlemen. 12 times 6. That's 72 inches of snow. Lake Jesus effect. Christ. Jesus Christ. That's all I'm going to say. Like Buffalo is apparently like the 10th level of hell. But that game was moved from Buffalo because of the 72 inches of snow. It's now in Detroit. It's now in Detroit. We all enjoy watching football being played in the snow, though. Right? And these two teams, you know, Josh Allen, we're going to see him. Josh Allen, you see him, he's a big man, he's running, you got Hunt, you got Chubb, we, we want to see this, but rather than wait till the last minute, the NFL pulled the plug on Thursday. Any issues with this move, or uh, does this move actually benefit one or the other side? Well, I, I applaud the move. Because it is dangerous, man. You can't be having people trying to get to a football game in four or six feet of snow. Hell, the running backs on the on the Buffalo Bills are not even six feet tall. I mean, they're not going to be able, they're not going to be able to see them in the storm. Um, right to move the game to Detroit, but this benefits. Not only does this benefit the Detroit Lions, but this benefits the Cleveland Browns as well. The Buffalo Bills were not able to practice today because of the snow. They're going to have a tough time getting to Detroit. Um, They will be playing the Browns in Detroit on Sunday. And then the Bills play Detroit again on Thanksgiving. So, in my opinion, the Bills are coming off of two bad losses. They lost to the Jets. And... uh, they just lost to the Vikings with a crazy finish. I think they're check. I think the Bills are checking themselves out in the mirror too much lately. I think they really, really need to win this Browns game because if they don't lose. If they don't win this Browns game. They could potentially lose to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Detroit is coming off of a two-game win streak right now, and they have. The, I believe Detroit's playing a winnable game this weekend as well against the Giants in New York. So you could be potentially playing a team that's on a three-game hot streak. The Browns are no pushover, man. Browns play defense. I think the Browns play defense better than the Jets, in my opinion. So, I don't know. I think this is going to be rough. I think that you gave 
the Buffalo Bills a more distinct advantage. And we both know that the Buffalo Bills running game is Josh Allen. Right? By moving the game to Detroit, you think Buffalo is getting the advantage? Because now they can throw the ball. Hmm. But he's throw got a bad ball. elbow. It didn't it seem to affect him. Yeah. So the UCL, <laughs> it looks like it, it didn't look like it affected him one bit. Like you put this, you put the Browns out in element, like in the snow with Hunt and Chubb. Like that is that's an, a definitive advantage for them. Okay, I can it, see that. It absolutely is because you're not throwing a ball in Lake Effect snow. They're they're fifth in league in rushing, right? At that point, Jacoby Brissett's turning the turn around, hand the ball off, right? If any, if I'm Stefanski, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm, you know, I'm not fucking around. He's like, here you go. But as quietly as it's kept, the Bills are ninth in the league. But how much of that's Josh Allen in terms of rushing yards? Now, like you said, he has a UCL injury. Like, do you really want to? Do you really want to go into a snow game with your quarterback having to scramble for his life? Like listening to Steve Young talking about snow, how it's very difficult to see, it's very difficult to you know just to grip the ball. Yes, players will be wearing gloves now. It'll be easier. They'll have your you'll have your thermal that you can stick your hands in, but it's still difficult. You're not gonna be able to catch, catch your footing the way you normally would. So. You know, by moving it to a neutral site, a climate-controlled dome, that affects the, that greatly affects the game. It definitely does, and I think it puts it definitely puts Cleveland back on its heels. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I think if you're pretty pretty much playing in a neutral site, controlled climate. You're gonna get you're you're gonna get the best from both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams uh, have something to play for here. Cleveland's trying to, you know, secure a playoff spot. Buffalo is trying to maintain their place in the East. So it's going to be a challenge, and uh, I'll be exciting to see how it nets out. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light Green Light One Two Three with DNZ. DNI give you our top one, two, three fantasy starts or green light and fantasy sits or red light. That's red light, green light, one, two, three, every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the fade route. That's red light, green light, one, two, three with DNZ every NFL Sunday during the season. Moving over to basketball. Defending champion Golden State Warriors are six and nine to start the season and currently sit in the twelfth hole in the standings. They have not won a game on the road. Poole and Green had a fight before the season started. They're playing uninspired basketball. Clay can't seem to get it started. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Well, it's a big deal from the standpoint that their bench and rotation players that they were counting on to replace guys like Gary Payton Jr., Otto Porter Jr., Andre Iguodala, like guys that were, you know, delivering for you. These guys are not. 
you know, Moses Moody, James Wiseman. James Wiseman just got sent down to the G League for seasoning. Like, you not you need quality depth behind your starters, right? The starting lineup for the the Warriors ranks out top in the league. Their reserves rank the worst in the league. You cannot have as great of you can't have that big of a disparity and still be ready and be playoff capable. Now, they're still scoring 118 points a game. That's fine. Defensively, you have to be a lot better than you are. You absolutely do. Because if you're looking at it, they're routinely giving up in the 100, you know, the 110s. You had 120s, a couple of games with 120. You can't, you can't be living in a shootout. So you need defensive stoppers. You definitely, you need somebody that will be a lockdown defender. And this may sound crazy. That somebody may be Ben Simmons. <laughs> you like, are crazy. Yeah, well, he is a, he is a lot. When he's right, he's one of the better defenders in the league. He hadn't been right for a while. Now, there's no pressure on him if he goes to Golden State, right? Because they're not asking him to score. There are like four or five guys I would ask to score before I asked Ben Simmons to score. But stop that guy. If I'm Steve Kerr, you point at him. You point at, you point at a player. Stop that guy. You got a coach. Like, that's what... That is what Ben Simmons would bring to that team. I heard like guy throwing out like DeMar DeRozan or Kevin Durant. That seems like a pipe dream. Like those those moves seem very much like a pipe dream or a way to unload Draymond Green's salary. But I think it would be a very realistic get, especially as the Nets move forward and they may sour on Mr. Simmons, and he might be better served coming off the bench for a contender rather than having to be part of the big three. Having to be the guy like he was in Philly with Embiid. Like, that just might be who he is at this point in his career. And it might be worth a flyer because this defense doesn't appear to be getting better anytime soon. You know? They're just, they're just not where they need to be. Granted, they're playing the Knicks right now. But, like, they're not shooting well. They're not defending well. And, as usual, Steph Curry can't do it all. Yeah, I mean, I just think nobody's really just scared of the Warriors, right? Their young guys are not producing. Like you mentioned, Wiseman got sent down to the G League. Um, Draymond's whatever. Clay is not Clay anymore. He's never going to be Clay again. Yeah. And Steph, Steph is Steph, but it's not. It's just not enough. Um, even if they go on some kind of run, right? They they win all these games in a row, and, and they get above five hundred. Then they're not. They're not winning a championship this year. They're not a contender. I don't even think they're. I don't think they're really hungry either. I don't really think they're hungry anymore. You know, and that's what happens to all the teams that win multiple championships. You saw it happen with the Lakers. You know, we saw it happen with the Pistons. You know, at some point, 
just gets to you, right? Just the mm-hmm. togetherness, just teams, their teams out there just are hungry and then just want it more. And that's what it looks like now. I mean, they blown out. They got beat by the Suns. They got beat by the Magic. Like, <laughs> they get beaten by bad teams. So. Well, that's the thing. You know, Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, they're not ones to rest on their laurels. They've shaken up this roster before. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they shook up the roster again. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if somebody, if somebody took a flyer on Wiseman and they were able to bring in like a veteran or two. It sounds like a very LeBron type move, you know? Like when LeBron would send somebody out and bring back like George Hill. And George Hill would, he would come in and he would be exactly what the Cavs needed or exactly what the Heat needed. And Myers is a savvy guy. Kerr is a savvy guy. And I think that they'd be more, more than capable, especially if they wanted to, you know, if they wanted to like move some of these younger pieces like Moody or Kaminga or... You know, if, if they want to move them to, like, Chicago to bring in a DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, that would be, like, a blockbuster. That would have to be Draymond plus picks plus, like, more players. Like, that would be, like, that that's not a regular season trade. Like, I, I don't see that as, a, or not a one-for-one, one, a one-team for one team trade. That might have to be, like, a couple, like, a three-team, maybe even a four-team trade to get equal assets. But Bob Myers... And Steve Kerr, they're they're definitely tinkerers, and they're definitely they may look now like they're not hungry, but like the core of this team is hungry, and they'll be around. And like we've seen, all you gotta do is get hot at the right time and get healthy at the right time. And if they're hot and healthy at the right time, the Warriors can definitely make a run. So it's it's too it's too early it's too early to count them out. Can can they come up from a six seed and get to the conference finals? Absolutely. If they get hot shooting, they can shoot with the best of them. They they can still shoot with the best of them. That's a good but, name for a fantasy team: hot and healthy. Hot and healthy. That's not bad. Yeah, I might uh I might hang on to that for next fantasy. Can you take the championship from DNZ? This year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Route Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Route every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. More or less. All right, boys and girls, here we go. We have a statement, and it's either more likely or less likely that it's going to happen. More likely or less likely. Number one, all of the teams in the NFC East are going to make the playoffs. Ah, uh, it's less likely, man. I mean, they're just going to bludgeon each other towards the end of the season. Although, wa- uh, Washington does have a nice spark with Taylor Heineke. Even though when Wentz is healthy, he's not going to replace Heineke. I think that's the right move there. They're getting their best defensive player back, uh, right, I believe. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, they're going to bludgeon each other down the line. 
three teams will get in, but not all four. I'm going less likely as well. I'm just not sold on the Washington Commanders. They are definitely not Chase up to Young. snuff. Chase Young's yeah. coming back, yeah. yeah. Chase Young's coming back, but I, I, it's not enough. You know, this, this team is just not talented enough. Like, that's just the, the short, long and the short of it. Now, if you look at the top three teams at the bottom, right? The five, the six through eight. You're looking at Giants, Cowboys. They're going to, they have two games against each other. One on Thanksgiving. Giants play the Eagles twice. Giants play the Commanders twice. They, they will be tested within division. The Cowboys, like they still have, they're playing the Vikings this weekend. They're still, they still have plenty of, you know, they still have plenty of tests on their schedule. And I mean, Washington better win this weekend. They draw the Texans. So looking forward, I gotta say then the Niners, they have a really tough schedule. They definitely do. Like they're drawing Arizona this weekend in Mexico City, New Orleans, Miami, Tampa, Seattle. Like at the end of the year it tails off because you get Vegas and Arizona again. But I mean, this is gonna be down to the wire. But don't look now. Kind of laying in the weeds. Just waiting. The Atlanta Falcons. It's surprising, considering the fact that we kind of had them written off, right? Chicago, the Commanders, the Steelers. Steelers are no good. Bye week. The Saints, the Ravens. Okay, their first real test in a while. Week 16. The, the Cards may be out of it by then. And then last game of the year against the Bucks, which may be for their division title. So, if the Bucks don't, if the Falcons don't get in, the Bucks might end up sliding into that last spot. So, that does not bode well for the Commanders. It definitely does not bode well when you have two teams that are a lot better than them still in the hunt. So, I'm going to go less likely at all four. I'm with you. I think three is going to be the max for NFC East teams. More likely or less likely? Number two. Aaron Judge's record-setting home run ball fetches more than three million bucks at auction. This comes up because the guy who caught the ball claims that he was offered three million dollars for the ball, but he's still sending it to auction. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to go that high. I think it'll go for over a million dollars, but I don't think it's going to go for three million. Um, I'm going to go more likely. I think it's more likely that it'll it'll get to to that part. You know, I, I think that yeah. You know, like, is it a Yankee record? It's a Yankee record. It's an American League record. It's you know, it's a home run record. So if he leaves, if he leaves the Yankees, does it diminish the value of the ball? I don't think it does. I, I really don't think it does because he was a Yankee when he said it. So it's one of those things that I mean, Roger Maris didn't finish his career as a Yankee either. So. You know, and Babe Ruth didn't finish his career as a Yankee. So it's one of those things that it's sports memorabilia. Sports memorabilia, come, they have wacky prices. You know, it's one of those things that you can drive it up and drive it up and drive it up and drive it up. And it's possible it could get more than $3 million. I mean, I wouldn't pay more than 
I don't know how many. What's the going rate for a baseball these days? Like what, ten bucks? Eight bucks. You know, that, that's eight bucks. Yeah, you know, that. Yeah, you know, I'm not a. I'm not big on memorabilia and souvenirs. I got some stuff, but like I wouldn't. I wouldn't break the bank for for something like this. But you know, it has its market, and a real like historian, a real historian, and don't be surprised if, if the baseball hall ends up with this. Like somebody will buy it just to donate it. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Somebody gets a payday. This guy gets a payday. The hall gets their ball. Everybody wins. But eh, three mil, maybe over. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. More likely, less likely. Number three, Team USA will make some noise in the World Cup this year. Ah, being played in Qatar. Qatar? Qatar? Qatar. Qatar. Qatar or yeah. Qatar, depending on Qatar. It's Qatar. It's Qatar. Um, I don't think so. Uh, so for me, um, you know, Italy's out of it, which kind of, you know, dampens it for me. Um, I think the U.S. will get out of the first round. I don't expect them to go much further. But do you hear they ban the sale of alcohol in the stadiums? Yes. Yes. They I just did. announced that. How shitty is that? Like, if you bought these tickets and now you find out you can't even have a beer in the stadium? Oh my gosh, that's awful. Uh, well, I mean, it's dry county. Like, what do you want me to say, man? Like, it's it's pretty bad, especially since Budweiser is a big sponsor. So, <laughs> basically, thank you for the money. We're still not gonna, we're still not going to sell your product. That's that's kind of a kick in the dick if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. But you know what? I'm going to go more likely as well. Like It's going to be a hotly contested group. Their group is Iran, England, and Wales. England is the number five ranked team in the world. Okay? So you have guys like Raheem Sterling. You have Jordan Pickford as, as the keeper. You're going to have, you know, you have Harry Kane, Tottenham's best striker. You have so many players. That team is loaded for bear. U.S., very young. A lot of, I mean, you have your Gio Reynas, you have your Christian Pulisics, you have, you know, you have a few players that are under the age of 20. So that's, that's you know, you have a bright future. But the question mark in goal, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Matt Turner, formerly of the New England Revs, now of Arsenal, a sub for Arsenal? Or is it Sean Johnson from NYCFC? Or, you know, there's there's a question mark there. And on the back line, you have Tim Ream. Tim Ream's 35 years old. Is he going to be able to hang with the young, fresh legs? I don't know that. But Wales, I mean, as long as Wales has Gareth Bale, they're going to be a tough out. So they'll make some noise. Define making some noise. You get out of the group, it's possible that they get out of the group. It's definitely possible that they get out of the group. It wouldn't surprise me if England choked. England choked in the Euros with a very similar team. So, you know, this this is very evenly matched except for England, who's about, uh, should be head and shoulders above. Iran, very good team. Wales, very good team. U.S., very good but very young I can definitely see them 
I can I can see a run. I could see a run to at least the knockout stage. So I'm gonna go more likely on it, but barely, barely. This team has won nothing. Greg Berhalter, he's not the most inspiring as a coach. Talent-wise, America doesn't really match up in terms of skill. Like, they are very, they're going to be tactically challenged. They're definitely going to be tactically challenged as we go through the World Cup. We'll definitely see. But the future is bright. I don't know specifically about this World Cup, though. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote and the winner of our poll gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy and D do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? I don't. Jim Ursay. That's a pretty safe bet. A pretty safe bet that Jim Ursay was going to take home the coveted ass trophy after what went down last week. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, D? First, I got the Golden State Warriors, defending champions, 0-8 on the road to start the season, 6-9 record. Other teams that have not won on the road are the Magic Pistons and the Lakers. Some real winners in that group. Golden <laughs> State Warriors, you're my alleged superstar of the week. And number two, Todd Downing. Titans offensive coordinator pulled over at 4 o'clock in the morning for DWI after landing in Nashville. Dude, what are you doing on the flight home? Todd Downing, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And number three, the New York Yankees signing IKF to a one-year $6 million deal. Why? What a waste. New York Yankees, you're my alleged superstars of the week. Z, what do you got? Great choices. He actually picked off Downing off my list. So, like, that's good. He's an honorable mention now on mine. I'm going to start with Mark Davis, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Your team is 2-7, and seven, last in the AFC West, losing 
to a neophyte head coach <laughs> taking taking the drive from Bristol to Indianapolis having players and coaches in that locker room who probably don't want him there and you guys lose your response Rome wasn't built on a deck Josh Dan- Josh McDaniels doing a fine job if this is a fine job I'd, I'd love to see what you think a terrible job is this is a dysfunctional franchise and it all stems from you Mr. Davis Mark Davis you are my alleged superstar of the week the nation of Cutter for banning beer at the World Cup on such short notice and not only banning beer sales but taking the money from Budweiser who is a sponsor of the FIFA World Cup thank you but no thank you we'll take the money though Cutter you are my alleged superstar of the week and last but not least Cody Bellinger 2019 MVP non-tendered by the Dodgers wild non-tendered this guy is on the market now now I wonder I wonder who would take a flyer on him because at this point it's a risk you're definitely taking a flyer on this guy even though just a few short seasons ago he was the MVP of the National League and seemed to be a can't miss superstar how the mighty have fallen Cody Bellinger you are my alleged superstar of the week we've said our piece the poll goes up at the end of the show go to our Twitter at fade route DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees just do better boys just do better can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, let's run the option and give you our picks for the week it is the option for nfl week 11 and if you want to get in on the action with us and see how you match up against dnz 
go to our CBS Pick'em. It's still open. Go to our Instagram profile at Fade Route Podcast. Click that link in bio and join today and see if you can take on DNZ. We missed out on the Thursday night extravaganza that was the Titans and Packers. D and I both had the Titans. So there's that. So woo! We jump right in to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The three and seven Chicago Bears go into Hotlanta to take on the four and six Atlanta Falcons. I am taking the taking the Bears. Yeah, that's pretty. That, that's that reaction is exactly what I had too. It's just like, uh, I don't know. But like Tony Romo. Oh, Jim, I don't know. I'm going to take the Bears too, narrowly. Narrowly. These teams are like evenly matched. We'll, we'll, we'll be kind and say they're evenly matched. The 3-7 and seven Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback go into Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the 6-3 and three Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Ravens pretty easily. Pretty easily. Over under three picks for Baker. Uh, under. Mm, that's gonna be. It's gonna be a tough day. Tough day for one, Mister Mayfield. The three and six Browns now go into Detroit to take on the six and three Buffalo Bills. Uh, taking the Browns. Mm, okay. Jacoby Brissett's last week, correct, or is uh? I believe I believe Mr. Watson is now allowed in the building. He can practice, so, but he can't play until after Thanksgiving, I think. So he's he's knocking on the doorstep. And this is where Cleveland wanted to be, right? Just kind of hovering in the mix. They're not totally out of it yet. That being said, I'm still taking the bill. Like moving to a neutral site definitely opens things up for Josh Allen. And I think that he and Gabe Davis are going to have a few big connections this weekend in the Motor City. The 5 and 5 Commanders go into Houston to take on the 1 7 and 1 Houston Texans. Uh hmm, the Commies love saying that. This is tough. It's definitely tough. Right? You got some momentum off of knocking off the Eagles. I got to take the Commanders as well. I think Damian Pierce is still going to have a big game. But Chase Young's going to have an even bigger game sacking long neck at least twice. The 8-1 freshly beaten Philadelphia Eagles go into Indianapolis to take on the 4-5-1 Colts. Eagles. This is going to be a beatdown. This is going to be a beatdown. The Eagles are going to go in there pissed, and the Eagles are going to trounce, trounce them handily. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are licking their chops knowing that they have Matt Ryan on the other side of that ball. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. The 1 o'clock hour continues with the 6-3 Jets going into Foxborough to take on the 5-4 New England Patriots. New England. I'm going with the Pats as well, but I think it's going to be closer than we think. It was only five points last time. I'm thinking 
somewhere in the three to one range this go around. The three and six Rams come east to take on the three and seven New Orleans Saints, and Matthew Stafford is out of the concussion protocol. Yeah, so I am going to take the Saints. They haven't won in a while. Both teams seem like they keep trying to lose. I don't know why the Saints are starting Dalton. So strange. I mean, Jameis Winston is on record saying it hurts his heart that he's not playing. And I kind of don't understand why either. You know, Jameis Winston is better than Andrew Dalton. He should be in the lineup. And yet, and yet, he is not. That being said, the Rams are cooked. I'm going to take the Saints as well. The 3-6 Detroit Lions come into MetLife Stadium to take on the 7-2 New York Football Giants. Giants. Giants close. Lions play tough. Giants close. A Gano field goal goal at the buzzer. We're in the 4 o'clock hour now. The 2-7 Raiders go into the mile high to take on the 3-6 Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos. How could you possibly take them? You you have to take the Broncos. You can't possibly take the Raiders for any more games this year. Other than the fact that it's the Broncos. They both stink. I mean, I'm very tempted to pick a tie. They both suck. They both suck. The one difference is that the Broncos, their defense actually shows up from time to time. The Raiders apparently don't. I'm going to take the Broncos, but very narrowly and without any confidence. Broncos country, let's ride. The 6-3 and three Cowboys go into Minnesota to take on the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Cowboys. I'm going with the Vikings. Like, even with Trayvon Diggs. Like, I, I think that Justin Jefferson is going to have a game. Kirk Cousins is going to do, you know, Kirk Cousins things now. He's now uh, he's now a legend with his chains and his glasses on the on the flights home. It's just it's it's crazy. It is it's amazing to see what the hell has happened to Kirk Thuggins, as they like to call him. But big game from Dalvin Cook. That's what I'm expecting. Big game from Dalvin Cook. At least 100 120 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 425 rolls on. The 5 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals go into Pittsburgh to take on the 3 and 6 Pittsburgh Steelers. Bengals. Steelers are no good. Bengals pretty handily. Your Sunday night special flexed into that spot. The 7 and 2 Chiefs go into SoFi and take on the 5 and 4 Los Angeles Chargers. Chiefs. How about them Chiefs? Over under two touchdowns for Kadarius Tony this week. Over. I agree. Like Kadarius Tony is becoming a major weapon, and that looks like a misstep by the Giants. Looks like a major misstep by the Giants. Your Monday night delight coming to you from Mexico City. We're going international yet again. The five and four San Francisco 49ers at the four and six. Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy under center again, most likely. Really? Calmer I believe so. Play. Wow. I believe, okay. I'm pretty sure Colt McCoy is still going to play. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm taking the 49ers. I'm taking the Niners as well. And 
even if even if Kyler Murray was in there, I would take him regardless. I think that the defense plays, and the Niners are loaded. They are loaded and ready to roll. So I don't think that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is long for the NFL. Teams on a bye this week: the Jags, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Bucks. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Radio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.